Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cashflow. And the best part, it's absolutely free to join. We're going to be talking all about raising your financial set point, taking your power back when it comes to money so that it no longer has its hold on you, having money respond to you as the sovereign queen of money, not the other way around, becoming wealthy without frying your nervous system, the exact steps to accessing financial abundance for life, and so much more. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th and I can't wait to see you there. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. I am currently recording this episode from the beautiful island of Fiji. And no, Fiji's not one island, I know, but I am on a single island in Fiji, which is why I'm saying that. Which is why, also, I am running so behind on this episode. Don't even get me started. (laughs) I was supposed to get it out last week, and we just pushed it a whole week forward. If you listened to it already on James Wedmore's podcast, Mind Your Business Podcast, I don't blame you. I'm sure you really wanted to listen to it, but you know what? I still had to drop it on my own podcast. I don't know what happened to me, but I went so hard. Like when I came back from maternity leave, I just went so hard on content creation, program creation, this and that, whatever, and worked really hard, of course, in alignment for three months straight, nonstop, like a crazy person, but loving every step of it. And then vacation rolled around January 6th. I knew I was traveling for a month and like, I can't tell you, I crashed so hard. I didn't realize how hard I was going for so long until my brain completely shut off. I fell off the face of the earth. I didn't even understand time zones. Like I'm a seasoned traveler, but I just, I could not comprehend what day it was, what time and I clearly needed a a vacation and it's vacation month for me and I am here for it. So if the episode's going to be late, it's okay. So if you've been following the how to get what you really want series, part one and part two, which I will link in the show notes for you in case you haven't yet caught up on the last two episodes, which of course 
they aren't really in order. There's no like importance where you actually have to listen to one, two, and three in order. But that is how we recorded them. That's kind of how we intended on putting them together. So I do highly recommend, even if you listen to this one first, to go back and listen to part one and part two. So this is part three. And in part three, Jen Finley is the star of the show because she truly is an intuition expert. And I have personally learned so much about how to hone in on my own intuition from her. Of course, James and I are also there. We join the chat and share our own experiences, stories, and tips from our perspectives as well, which is why the three amigos work well, so work so well together. And I hope you've been loving the series as much as we have recording it. I've been receiving nothing but so much outpouring love in the DMs for this series with you telling me that they've been some of the best episodes you've ever listened to, which of course makes us so happy to hear. I love recording with my spirit friends because so much magic really does happen when we sit in a room together and chat. And unfortunately, I was on Zoom the last two episodes, but the first part one James and I were actually in his living room. So I'm not even joking when I say that these are actual conversations that we have. And I actually do learn so much from my friends and I do ask them certain questions and they ask certain questions of me. Like this is not just like, let's just talk about this for the podcast. No, we really are like this in person. So without taking up any more of your time, let's dive into the finale of the How to Get What You Really Want series. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here, your host with the most here at the Mind Your Business Podcast. You're here. You made it. Thank you so much for tuning in, coming on back. It's 2023, and this is our wonderful way of kicking off a new year. It's tis the season to set goals and then fall off the bandwagon, (laughs) as most people do. And that's okay. But we wanted to bring three powerful topics to you in this series, how to get what you want. Like not how to want what you want, how to get what you want. So we had a wonderful, in episode one, uh, powerful conversation around money. In part two, Jen Finley joined us. We had another amazing conversation all around powerful manifesting strategies. Today, we're going to round it out perfectly. With our resident intuition expert, Jen Finley, talking everything about how to listen more to that internal guidance system and make better decisions and choices in your life that will lead you to where you want to end up. That's what I'm talking about. It's a really fantastic episode. If you haven't listened to the other two, make sure to do that. It doesn't matter in what order, but they're all like beautifully complete as a set. That's why we did this as a series. It's wonderful. We had a blast recording these. There is also a workbook. If you haven't downloaded and grabbed your workbook, please make sure to do that right now. Just head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash workbook. Download it. Print it out. Take notes. Pen to paper. Old fashioned. Best way to retain. Best way to go beyond the podcast and really begin to apply this in your life. You're talking to three Amazing people. Yeah, I just clumped myself in there about some really important topics. And today is no exception as we share stories of how we used our intuition to make business decisions, how we really started to cultivate that intuitive muscle, mistakes we've made along the way, mistakes we see other people making when it comes to intuition, and really how you can begin trusting yourself more. Now, that needs to happen, okay? It needs to happen. So, Let's get into this. What do you say? Without further ado, part three in our three-part series, how to get what you want. 
and more. Money, manifestation, and today's episode, the final episode, Intuition, with none other than Catherine Zenkina and Jen Finley. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three in our three-part series, Money, Manifesting, and today, Intuition, with my special guests, Catherine Zenkina and Jennifer Finley. How's everyone doing? Super. So excited. Always excited to see Catherine. Intuition. I'm into it. (laughs) I'm into it. But are you intuitive? I'm on a mission for some intuition. (laughs) There we go. There we go. All right. Where do we start here? We've done a great foundational episode with Yennefer talking about intuition, but I wanted us to have a dialogue, a three-way... Trilog. <laughs> I'm encouraging this behavior. I blame myself. I've encouraged. <laughs> Catherine isn't normally like this, and I'm allowing it. I'm always like this. What are you talking <laughs> she's about? So much, normally, <laughs> she's very professional. She never jokes. <laughs> she's, she's no fun at all. I, I, mean, never, I never say a bad word. <laughs> never don't, says bad. Don't joke at all. She was in a corporate pantsuit earlier, and I'm like, Catherine, just... <laughs> Loosen up. Unbutton your top button. <laughs> It's intuition, baby. <laughs> this is like the comedy show. You need to get into the good stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. I knew you were going to say that. That's my intuition. <laughs> Maybe we should start with like a little review of the five clairs. Okay. For those who That'll be Jen. Yeah. For those who haven't listened yeah. to the previous episode on intuition, there are many different ways of receiving intuitive information. And usually my experience has been that everyone has all five, but we have just like our communication styles or actually very much like love languages. That's or like, or the VAK, like where you have a dominant. Yeah, yeah. You have a dominant modality by which you perceive and receive psychic intuition. And they match up with our senses. So one is clairvoyant. That's probably the most known nomenclature out there in today's Mm -hmm. modern language, clairvoyant being that you have psychic seeing. So this could be as literal as I see numbers on a clock. I see my spirit animal. So 3D seeing as well. 3D seeing. Yeah. And that could even extend into, I can see auric fields or I see orbs or I see dead people. (laughs) Wait, that's considered clairvoyant if you just see numbers on a clock. So it's, if you think of it like a hierarchy if when you move from the body into spirit or from form into formless or from the 3D into 5D, your psychic intuition can evolve in the same way, like where it starts mm. in a very three-dimensional concrete way, like seeing numbers on a clock or James finds hawk feathers on the ground everywhere we uh-huh. go. No, not everywhere. Not but everywhere, I have seen but, a few and that's been wow. Yeah. And my mom's someone that that's her signal as finding a feather on the ground. And so if you start with that, where you see the same word or you yeah, see the same numbers on the clock or you see the same symbol over and over, that can be a clue that you do have a level of clairvoyance and you start to hone that skill into more but I think, psychic but I think mode. that clairvoyance comes in with the interpretation and perception of that as going beyond a coincidence. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the, I don't know where I learned this, but when I started applying this, I thought it was really helpful is the moment I see something like that. And it's like, it, you know, it's what comes before and it's what comes after, because there's, you also have that experience mm-hmm. where like, it kind of almost feels like a millisecond of 
pulling your attention towards it. You know what I'm talking about, right, Catherine? Because you're mm-hmm. you're big on the numbers and the signs where it's like almost like something oh, yeah. did something guide my attention to this. I just happened to look up at that very moment. Right. And I think I think that's where the magic part is. And then it's like then the after part is the perception and level of awareness to say this goes beyond just mere coincidence. I just looked up and it's one eleven. But I like to do things where I'm like, what was I just thinking about? What yeah, were we just talking about? Mm-hmm. And what just happened? I was talking to Jill, you know, little little Jilly Fooby, Jill Fubister, <laughs> little f- sis, little sis, little sissy Jill. And she was talking to me about some things with her business and she's in the middle of a promotion right now. And she said, a crow and a hummingbird are flying right over my car right now. Yeah. That's a good, and she's like, and what we were just talking about, she's like, I think that means bop, 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 bop. Yes. You know, I was like, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So clairvoyant, clairaudient would be psychic hearing in the three dimensional. This usually manifests as like you hear the same song or you hear someone repeat the same three things to you over and over. So, you know, if you heard it three times, then that's a signal, but it can also be that you receive guidance through hearing, which is my primary modality. So you hear hear like a voice. Yeah. And I had to hone that skill because Mm -hmm. you also have the voice in your head. So I think that's where meditating really helped me because I started to be able to calm down the mind chatter and be able to identify, oh, that's anxiety. That's what my voice sounds like. That's my brain talking. And I have noticed that when I'm receiving psychic intuition, that's for me, it's coming from my behind my left ear. And I read this. Oh my God, um, this is blowing my mind right now. Uh, so I, I read, didn't know, like, I didn't know that it, I don't know why I never connected to this, but I didn't know that that was like the start of a Claire was yes. the 3D part. I thought like, that's just whatever. And then going beyond that is the Claire part. But like you talking about this, I'm noticing, well, first of all, I do have Claire cognizance, clairvoyance and Claire audience as my primary, mm-hmm. but I didn't it never occurred to me that like just hearing a song or hearing a conversation in the right moment, the right time to answer a question that you were like, you had an intention of getting answered would be considered like a clear audience. I don't know why I never thought of that. That yeah. just blew my mind. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I remember when we met, you said like, well, I'm really amazing, obviously, and manifesting and I'm so in tune and I can sense things, but I don't think I'm very psychic. And I was like, what <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> Fake news. I look at the crystal ball and I just don't see anything. Catherine is extremely (laughs) psychic. (laughs) But, you know, I think that could also be like misconceptions of what that means and what that's supposed to look like. And also, like, Mm -hmm. how many times do you sit down with a friend and just be like, okay, you're going to live in a mansion. Right. Well, actually, that's really good that you said that, because I think a lot of people think of psychic as future telling future telling. Yeah. And what I've come to learn and appreciate And I love this also in the book, The Alchemist. I think it's beautifully demonstrated in the allegory of that story, but that anytime that you're perceiving something, if you think about your energy field and Kat, you teach this in manifestation that you're like a magnet that's attracting things in real time. And that energy is fluid. It's alive. It's vibrant and it's changing. So if you're looking forward into the future, you're talking about what's likely to come into my field. If I change nothing, if I stay on this course of what I'm vibrating right now, then what could be coming in? Because there's something that you're attracting that's off your radar screen, that's on its way. But if you make a shift 
mentally, energetically, spiritually, physically, it can alter what's going to happen next. And then the alchemist, he describes it as if you've seen it, it's so that you can change it. So if you see something about the future, you have the power Mm -hmm. to alter it. And then there was this arguably not too wonderful movie with Nicolas Cage in it, where he has the ability to see the future. I think it's six seconds in advance. It's called Next. Next. Family Man is a wonderful film, but it's called Next. And he can see the future six seconds in advance. And I watched that movie and I said, that was a pretty accurate portrayal of how I experience clairvoyance because I see things before they're going to happen, but they're also mutable. There's nothing to be afraid of. And people all the time say, I'm scared of becoming more intuitive because mm-hmm. I really? either, yes, because if, oh, if me. I, yeah, like if, what if I look and I don't like what I see and it's like, well, that's power, then you can shift it. Wow. But, Ignorance but is bliss, I guess. Catherine threw in claircognizance. That is psychic knowing. You don't know mm-hmm. how you know, you just know. And then there's also Claire olfactory. This one's so interesting. That's where you can smell things. Yeah. I have it happen a few times. I can smell jasmine in places where I'm supposed to live. That always happens. And then I can smell my grandmother's perfume, which is a discontinued Estee Lauder perfume. And everyone in my family every now and then will be like, I can smell Mary Jane. Isn't that crazy? Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Oh, oh no, that's not weed. like that. That's marijuana. <laughs> no, that's my grandmother's name. <laughs> Actually, her real name was Mary Florence, but she changed it to Mary Jane. <laughs> that says something that, about her, maybe. Isn't that crazy, though? <gasps> yeah. Like Catherine, I That's mean. Wild. And clairsentient, which is psychic sensing, being able to feel. James's sister is extremely clairsentient. I've become more clairsentient over yeah. the years. Like, I can yeah. feel energy a lot more. Like, yes. I can feel in meditation, like, pressure on my third eye opening i can feel like my mm-hmm. seventh chakra it could, it could, yeah Catherine has that too. too because uh, we've been talking so many times and she's said like the hairs on my arm are standing up or i just felt that in my body and that's a level of clairsentient you know you can heighten it to the capacity where you can actually feel what is going on in yeah. someone else's body like i will have physical emotions that my identical twin is experiencing or anyone that i'm extremely close with i can sometimes i'll actually be feeling like their heart rate speed up and then I'll reach out and say like what's going on right now my heart rate's really fast and they're like oh I'm I'm really nervous I'm in a meeting or Mm -hmm. my boss is upset with me so that's a that's a heightened level to be able to do it over spans of distance but I think everyone has that experience of I felt that in my gut or I had a gut feeling or I got chills when you said that so I wonder if I'm more claircognizant or clairsentient because it, it really is. It's a knowing, but it's a feeling knowing. And it feels like more yeah. in the gut. And it, it feels like a dropping in, sinking in in the gut of like, yep. I have experienced you as starting with claircognizance. Like, you know, when we were younger in our early 20s, James would just know. He just had an instinct. Like, how do you know that that's going to work? I don't know. I just know. Mm-hmm. And Claire, cognizant can actually be the hardest modality to elevate because you have no concrete thing to point to of where it came from. You it doesn't know, like, really, there's no experience. Of yeah. It. It's just, yeah. It's just, you know, and my mom is Claire cognizant. Actually, she's to the degree where if you play a board game with her, like Trivial Pursuit or Cranium, where there's an answer and it's written down on a card. If you read the card, she'll tell you what you're reading on the card. And everyone always Hello. thinks that she's cheating and she's like, no, I don't know these answers. I'm My brain is telling me what you're reading off the card. But that is cheating because there's like rule, I think it's like 12 <laughs> or 13. It's like no psychic 
no psychics at the table. No, we've had people think that she memorized the card deck. Yeah, because that's what your mom would want to do right. with, her yeah, with her spare time. That's a yes. logical answer. Yeah, but you know, if you're claircognizant, you don't have a place to point to of like, where did I get that mm-hmm, information? Mm-hmm. It's just, you just have to learn to. You trust know what it, it feels like is is it's like what color is the ocean? Blue, and you're like, do you remember when you learned that? What color is the sky blue? You mm. remember when you learned? No, it's like you just, you yeah, just or, know. Or what is your name? And you just know. And the knowing feels like it's oh, you've always known, yeah. even though you didn't always know. And then you just woke up knowing. And you're like, yeah. So there's like, it's void in a way of an experience versus seeing a vision. You can have a memory of seeing that. Yes. Or the, what's the body one? Sentient? Clarcidian. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, I'll feel it. And you have a memory and an experience of feeling that. And then you can call back to I'm wondering how many moms can relate to Claire Cognizant because I noticed the moment my son was born, I just knew what he needed all the time. Mm. And that, that, oh, I get chills when you ex- said that. expanded so much within me where he would cry in his bassinet. And, you know, the logical thing might be he's hungry or he has a wet diaper. And I'd be like, no, Brennan, he needs a hat. He just needs the hat on his head. Yeah. And the moment Whoa. he'll put the hat on his head, he'll fall asleep immediately. It'll be so random like that. I couldn't yeah. deny it. And I noticed, I don't know if this goes for all moms, just because we have that biological connection to our children and automatically we tune into our kids. But I noticed that that knowing, just knowing why he's fussing instantly, it's like, oh, there's a tag on his onesie that's bothering the wow. left side of his back. And I would fix it and immediately fix it. No wow. more fussing. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, okay. Why are, I mean, I guess I understand that, but let's address that. People that don't want to be more intuitive. How can we just squash that? I mean, obviously I don't think they're listening. <laughs> they'd, they'd have, they wouldn't have pressed play on this episode, but I mean, they're afraid of the future. They're afraid of seeing something, but there's a couple of things we can say there, right? I mean, like the future is never certain as it is. Mm-hmm. And, I can speak from experience. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I used to have prophetic dreams. Over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And one day I had this thought of like, what if I see someone I love die? Never had a prophetic dream ever again. It was like this intense fear of what if I see something that I can't stop, I'm out of control of, I won't be Mm. able to control it. I think it's like a control thing. Because I even mentioned this to Don Javier and I was like, I'm afraid of seeing something. And he's like, why? Did they (laughs) tell you you're going to go to hell or something? I'm like, no, actually, I didn't have any of that religious programming whatsoever for me, it was just being afraid of bumping into a ghost, bumping into a dead person, bumping into, or just seeing someone I love die. Like that fear instantly turned it off. And it took me until I was 23 years old where I remember distinctively, I reactivated my intuition. And since then I've just been building up to this. Mm. So finally now at 30 years old, I've like built up to kind of what I had back then as a kid, but it was fear that turned it off for me. It was like, what if I see something that I can't control, like I can't stop it. And I love that you mentioned, Jen, that it you can essentially you can change the future mm-hmm. by you know seeing something and just knowing that you can shift it. Yeah, you know what they said. I always say they because I'm sometimes I don't know who <laughs> who's talking back there. But when you said I don't want to remember, oh, I accidentally said it just then. You said I'm afraid I'm going to see something, and and I heard because you did because you already did that happened in another life you saw someone that you loved die in front of you and you don't want to remember that and all of the emotions that go with that and Catherine and I have talked about this before but I think Catherine was like a druid in another life with deep intuitive capacity to like shift dimensions and (laughs) 
I think that people, it's twofold. One, exactly what you're saying, Catherine, they're afraid they're going to see something that they don't want to see. And that that means that the future is fixed, that they're on this train track that is pulling them towards this fate that is unavoidable. And now they just know that they're doomed, which is not my experience of anything in life, let alone manifestation. They're actually in the Adjustment Bureau, the movie, they do a really cool job of every time the characters make a different choice, the map of their life changes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. more, that's more accurate for intuition. It's like, you might have a glimpse of something, or you might have a knowing about something, but it's your choices and your vibration and your beliefs that are making that into form and quantum physics proves that it's a particle and it can exist in six different places but it's where the viewer is thinking it's going to go that's causing it to land there you know that consciousness makes a difference and then the other element that i've heard come up over and over is fear of being unprotected that they're going to open a door and not know like Mm. when i said like oh i don't know i I didn't check in who said that I spent years, like four years, studying what is what's white ma- magic, what's dark magic, and anything dark. I apprenticed for four years with someone who was very clear, like, you have to learn boundaries. It's just like in the 3D reality. There are There's good intention, bad intention, and then just neutral. Don't think that your dead relatives became enlightened after they died. They still have their opinions, but whatever they're, <laughs> you know, they didn't suddenly gain total access to divine consciousness because they're in another realm now. And so being able to differentiate and delineate who am I talking to? And I spent years, I only work in the light. I only work in the light. And if you talk to DX, actually, that's something he tells people very early on. I only work in the light. I only work with the benevolent ones. And Mm -hmm. I think people, when they're exploring, can be very careless. James, actually, one of James's mother and I's first conversations when I was probably 21 or something, she was telling me all of her Ouija board stories growing up because Nancy's- Oh, yes. I used to have a Ouija board. No, she has a crazy story about the Ouija board filling up. They used a glass instead You know, she's still never- I'm hearing this for the first time because she won't tell me these stories. Yeah. I I hope I'm remembering it properly, but she had used a glass instead of the board piece and the glass broke while they were- And then she looked up. They were in a friend's house with some sort of animal on the wall and she looked up and felt like the animal was like looking at her or something. Mm-hmm. It was an experience when she was young, she was like a teenager and they're yeah. just playing around yeah. and that changed. It was like, there's no, I will never touch that again. And people joke around with things like that. And can't you know, you no, can't you can't, you cannot. And I think that people are also really reckless with, you know, seeing psychics, asking for psychic readings. Yep. They do not yep. vet these people. You know, they just think, oh, you have a gift. You can give me a reading. And you don't know if that person has spent time training to make sure that they're speaking from the light side or they're able to delineate. And, and you know, I've been witness to James actually receiving information where I've been going, I'm, I'm hearing that is not accurate. That's Mm -hmm. distorted. Wait a minute. They don't know who they're channeling. Mm -hmm. And actually early in my career, James had a psychic that his family would go to in Laguna beach. That's Mm -hmm. so well known. Not in Laguna. Michelle. Michelle. yeah. Yeah. And she's amazingly gifted. And she met me and said, I want you to study with me because you have a gift and you have the light. And my mentor at the time said, 
you are not becoming a medium. You do not have boundaries. You're going to be like Whoopi Goldberg and ghosts where you're just like any old person come into the body and start talking and I can't kick them out. So I had to learn. And when I first started saying the mantra, I want to see, I want to know, I got really freaked out by what I was seeing because the doors were like flying open. And then I started seeing things in 3D and I closed it off and was like, that's too much. And that's why I think that our guides and the guidance can communicate in the 3D. It's a little bit softer, more palatable if you're asking for like. guidance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget Whereas to I'm the, the opposite. I'm, I'm always like struggling to be like, I want to see more. I want to see more. <laughs> it's been a challenge for me. It's been, a, yeah. it's been a challenge. It's something of like, I've actually felt like I've just had to, you know, completely let go and not have any expectations whatsoever, yeah. you know, and you hang out with a lot of people like, like you guys that are so gifted. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's like this, when you said that there's this flash of light and this beam and this extraordinary experience. And I'm like, cool. I saw one, one, one once. <laughs> Which is still being psychic, apparently. Yeah. I have this story where I went to go see a psychic and I so agree with you, Jen. I get so creeped out when random people DM me being like, I got a message for you. Yes. Like, you want to hear oh, it? I'm God. like, no. Yeah. Do not enter yeah. my energetic no. field. Get out of here. I don't want it. I have to have whatever psychic I'm seeing, they have to be vetted by someone I know really well at the very least. And then mm -hmm. of course me tapping in and being like, I don't know, something feels off or me being like, okay, I, I have a good feeling about this person. I went to go see the psychic. My mom loves psychic reality TV shows. They run rampant in like Russian and Ukrainian in Russian. Like Ukraine. Long Island and medium. No, it's of? like a competition where psychics what? compete against each other. Stop. It's There's called a like competition? battle of the psychics, Bitva Extrasense. And they'll take them to challenges. So for example, they'll put like someone in the trunk of a car and then they'll take them to a parking garage. And then that psychic has to find a car with the person. Oh my gosh, this sounds the, like my Reiki trunk. training. <laughs> no, literally, it, it's so freaking cool. So my mom, listen to this. My mom watches every single season or has watched in the past. And then we'll consult with every psychic that's won the show or every wow. psychic that she really likes. So this is one of them, I think. I think this is one of them, or at least it's some celebrity psychic. And she was like, Catherine, they see all the celebs in LA. This person is coming to LA. I booked you a session. I'm like, okay. She's like, just be at this hotel at this time. I'm like, okay. So I go and like everything she's saying is super accurate and all this stuff. And I spend like an hour and a half with her. And she looks at me after this hour and a half and she was like, you know, I don't understand why you're here. And I'm just like looking at her like, what do you mean? That's the most random question. <laughs> I'm here for obviously a psychic reading. And she's like, yeah, but your gifts are more powerful than mine. Wow. And I'm like, yes. and she's like, now you read me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. What? So of course, you know, when I'm on the spot, I can't see anything, but somehow I was able to, she was like asking like, how many kids do I have? How many of this, where do wow. they live? What do they do for a living? And somehow I was able using claircognizance, just trusting the first, I was like, yeah, the first. Yeah. I have to lose mm -hmm. the sessions over. I'm about to leave just trusting the wow. very first answer that comes into my mind. And I would just say it and she'd be like, Ooh, close. It's actually this. Yes. Or she'd be like, yeah. Spot on. Yes. And I'm like, what? Wow. The hell? So I can totally relate to James as well, because I know that I have these gifts, but I've also like, I don't see myself at all on Jen's level. Like I, 
this is something very much that I feel like I'm still working on. I'm still cultivating. I feel like I'll go through waves where I get so much information, so many things, so many insights. I just know so much. And then there would be periods like months at a time where I'm just like, there's elevator music playing in my head. Like there's just (laughs) nothing. There's absolutely nothing going on. And so a struggle that I have is like, how do I really cultivate it in a way where it stays consistent and just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing Yeah. instead of kind of going, you know, on this roller coaster of up and down, you know, getting a lot, not getting so much, getting a lot, not getting so much. Yeah. You know, we talk about this on the intuition episode a little bit because I'm a big believer in it's not just about what do you do to make it stronger, but it's what do you not do to block it out? And to me, it's been more about eliminating the things that block my intuition than dialing it up. And, you know, when I was doing my Reiki master training, I remember that our teacher would, I was apprenticing with another girl that became one of my best friends and she and I perceived the same energy, but we would see it differently. We would get a picture of someone and then our instructor would say, okay, I want you to tell me what's going on with them physically. And I would say, like, I see all of these, like a black spider web over their throat. It looks like tar. It's like covering their throat and it's right over their fifth chakra. So I think they do something creative. They're an artist of some sort, but there's something that's not healthy over the throat. And Lexi would say, oh, that's so interesting because I see it like black spiders crawling all over their throat. Mm -hmm. And she saw the exact same thing. And then our teacher said they're a writer and they have throat cancer. And we were like, whoa. And like, so when you have so many of those experiencing happening over and over, you start to trust like, oh, wow, that's how I'm getting information. For me, there was a period of time where I found that if I drank alcohol or I ate meat, I was not as intuitive. And I don't know if that was related to the hormones or lowering my vibration. I don't know. I thought the alcohol enhanced it. (laughs) There was a period of time where it very much did not. But now it does? Yeah, that's the thing. And you know, she gets more psychic on the booze. Well, I I think I can't turn it off. And it's that's actually the Uh, same for me for any for any you and I were consuming something together yeah i remember it was jaeger bombs or, i think it was jaeger bombs or like no <laughs> i think it was you know, drinking jaeger bombs <laughs> and you and i looked at each other and we're just like we could just like i remember us feeling things and you're like yeah there's a lot of energy happening right yeah. now and i'm like i know and we just kept looking at each other like oh my god this is crazy yeah <laughs> I yeah exactly what was happening yeah <laughs> well that's i, I mean honestly i've I, that's you know any kind of drug that's meant to, I think maybe other people are attracted to drugs because they want to have a heightened experience like that. And for me, it's just like feeling like you're on a roller coaster, like it's completely out of control. Yes. Mm. And I don't like it because I'm living in this reality all the time where I'm seeing and experiencing all this stuff. And then if you add any kind of stimulant, even I'm very sensitive to coffee, you know, like I can't have a lot of stimulants or it just becomes overflow. But it was interesting. The first time I met our shaman, he said, unprompted, there was a period of time where you felt like you had to change your diet for your abilities and you didn't eat meat for a long time because you were learning how to be more intuitive, but you don't have to do that anymore. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But I felt like it was almost like when you're forming a new habit or disciplining yourself, like an athlete would of like, 
now I'm learning this. So I've got to put my attention on it, which means I can't have any distraction. And I would like eat so clean so that there was nothing happening in my body that would distract me from being able to pay attention to intuition. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of people is that, you know, they're not sleeping enough. So they feel tired. Their diet isn't supporting them. So they're noticing that they feel achy or their stomach hurts or they don't feel comfortable in their body. So the attention goes to that instead of the intuition, which I like to tell James, intuition's like if you have a faucet dripping in another room and in a room where the TV's on or people are talking, you would never notice that. But when you lay down to go to sleep and all of a sudden it's dark and quiet and you start to hear that drip, and after about two minutes, you're like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I got to get up and fix that trip. And then you can't not hear it. So it's really a lot more subtle than some of the things that we're used to in our world. And people are saturated with music and television and anxiety and or their and thoughts. TikTok. And, yeah, TikTok. And, and so it's hard to tune that out. But I think for someone more on my side that wasn't born with these gifts where it's like, totally turned on. It's like, whoa, I think what has helped me, which was just like a misconception, because I can recall days in our youth where I would sit there and be like, well, I'm not intuitive or psychic like you, Jen. And you would like psychically tell me, well, but you are. Mm -hmm. And then you would like quiz me like the same way that that psychic was doing you. And I would always get it right. And you're like, okay, what am I thinking of right now? Or what about this? And I, I, I don't know, a deer. And you're like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Come on. You just said that. And I think what was missing for me that I think has been a really great practice for me, obviously besides the silence, which is the most important part is that what always must precede an answer is a question. And I think something that I've just made such a habit is Mm. I'm always checking in and I'm always asking. Yeah. So even we had a new handyman come to the house and when I reached out to them on the, in the Facebook ad, it was like they were on a Facebook marketplace ad when they texted to confirm. And even when they showed up, I'm asking, you know, is there anything here I should be worried about? Is this, are they going to be okay? Can I trust them? And I'm just asking these questions. I'm kind of just trying to feel like, is there anything 1% of a danger, danger, spidey sense? And there wasn't. And they were here for two days. It was a husband and wife and they were like wonderful, Mm -hmm. did incredible work. And that got to reinforce that like, okay, I was, that was good. But I'm just constantly asking yeah. those questions before we do anything. You know, it blows my mind that I hear people ask you a lot, James. And Catherine, I don't know if anybody asks you this, but people will say, I love all this woo-woo stuff. How does it apply to business? <laughs> that yeah. blows my mind. I'm like, you have to make choices Have you all listened the time. to the podcast? But you're making decisions all the time in business. And I can't imagine not... I don't know how you could intuition. I seriously don't know how you could. It's like my entire business is a result of an intuitive download. The entire concept came to me a very specific afternoon in my bedroom at my parents' house literally showed me. It's like, you're going to have a personal brand outside of network marketing. Wow. It's going to take off. It's going to be around manifestation, get to work. And I didn't leave my room until I built my website and my first course. That was like seven days later. I literally didn't eat, didn't breathe, didn't sleep. I just like was typing away on my computer. I had to birth it in. 
to, you know, into the 3D. And it all came from just that boom, just Mm -hmm. hit me like, bam. Mm -hmm. And that became a business that's generated almost or over now $20 million since then. I don't know if Catherine's either going to love or hate this metaphor, but I feel like making, because it's, it's constant cascading of decisions and choices constantly in business. So my metaphor pertaining particularly to Catherine, this is for you. I dedicate it to you. Trying to run a business and being successful at it without using intuition is pretty much equivalent to saying, I'm going to go to Vegas and gamble and that will be my business (laughs) because you're pretty much leaving half of your decisions up to chance. It's like, right. And you know, I don't know if you you like that or you hated it. I loved it. Okay. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) Good. And, you know, I think too, like, it's really interesting when you talk about like, oh, I got this entire intuitive download and, you know, I get that. But I also just get like simple, like green light, red light. Yes. You know, so it's like a lot of times the decisions are very binary choices. It's like, should I do A or B? Should I go up or down, left or right, in or out? And so I will do a double confirmation. So how do you receive that? So I'll ask, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll say... So let's say that there's two options, option A and option B. Mm-hmm. So let me go through my piece and then I'll answer your question. Okay. So it's like, should I do A? And if let's say it's a yes. Okay. So then I go, it's actually a quadruple confirmation. Should I do B? Well, if A is what I should do, then B should be no. And then I can do, is it the right thing or in my highest interest to do B? No. Is it the wrong thing to do A? No. Oh, so it's the right thing, to, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to look at the same thing from multiple different ways and ask it and see if I can get more confirmation in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say you're also a sacral generator in human design. And that's actually how sacral generators are supposed to make decisions is you ask a question, you say yes or no, and you immediately with your gut will know which one lights you up and which one doesn't. And that's exactly how it, that's exactly how it's, it is. It's a feeling. Yes. Yeah. In, the, See, in I, the belly. I hear. Sometimes I'm yep. hungry, but other times my belly is telling me yes or no. Mine is behind the left ear and it's yes or I no. I have that too. Whoa. Really? Yes. Behind my okay. right ear. Catherine, yeah. this was so cool. I read a book. This is a book that I found in a used bookstore a decade ago at least. And it was called Angels. And it was an Italian author that loved the concept of angels and started collecting stories from people about their encounters with guardian angels and then collected so many of them that finally put them in a book. And I'm reading through these stories. And one of them was that people who communicate with angels receive the communication in the left ear. And as I was reading that, I was like, wait, what? I've always, I determined that on my own out of trying to decipher what's my voice and what's my intuitive voice. And I had reached this, Oh, if it's coming from the left, it's always Mm -hmm. from my higher guidance. Mm -hmm. And in that book was the guardian angel on your left shoulder. And that's where your guides protect you on the left. Unless you're a priest, I think is in the the belief of Catholic religion is the guardian angels on the right. So if you receive from the right, so I'm a priest. So you're a priest, a priestess, (laughs) a a druid priestess. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, but then DX confirms that all the time. With you protect the left side is the intuitive receiving Mm -hmm. side, which is also the feminine side of the body and Mm. the side where the left eye is the side where you receive emotion into the body. Or actually, women receive emotion in two eyes. Men are only in the left eye. So sit on the left side of the body, ladies. (laughs) Single lady. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love it. 
I feel like people are having a hard time trusting themselves. That is a really welcomed challenge. And remember what I taught you with trusting your intuition? Well, yes. I remember the story you told me where I shared something with you and I was like, gosh, I knew this. Was. So I went to you with a failure and I was like, I knew this was going to fail. And you were like, well, then there you go. That proves that you're intuitive. So that really stood out to me of like, okay, I just started accruing evidence of it in through through time. And that really helped. Is that what you're referring to? Or yeah. Something else? Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really that, what I do. Yeah. It's just like, you know, learning to trust yourself, making decisions in real life. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like people who say I don't trust myself usually are not liking the result of the choice that they made. Like there was a really phenomenal quote that I heard. Wait, on. Repeat that one more time. Mm. If you don't trust yourself, you are probably living a life where you haven't loved the result of the choices you've made. Yeah. A lot of your it's, past it's is like informing that. that yeah. If you start loving your choices, you start loving yourself, you know? And mm-hmm. so if you know yourself to make a choice and then when that choice comes to fruition, you feel good, then mm-hmm. you start relating to yourself as I'm decisive. I have the capacity to be presented with two options, choose the option I think is best for me. And then it turns out to be best for me. But if you have these repeated experiences of I had two options and I chose that one and that one was terrible for me. Then you go, I make bad decisions. I can't trust myself. And it's the same with intuition. If you perceive that you're not receiving anything, which I think is totally impossible. I think you're not noticing it. It's not that it's not there. I think we're receiving guidance all the time. Just like you don't notice that fan is on. Yes. And and that's another reason why yoga and meditation is such an amazing tool to develop intuition because what those practices and disciplines are designed to do is to heighten your awareness. Yeah, Yoga is designed not to be you're learning these fancy postures so that you can take a cool photo for Instagram. It's designed to be, can you pay attention to your breath, to your bones, to the muscle, to the way that the pose is meant to be in every single piece of the body and then simultaneously sustain the balance between peace Mm -hmm. and ease and discomfort and, you know, that muscular heat or, or burning. It's, yeah. it, you're meant to get the union of those two. That's why it's called yoga. And so it's training you in, can you be in the 3D, but also paying attention to above the 3D. And I think that we don't have a lot of practices in today's modern society that encourage people to hone that skill, TikTok. to have heightened awareness. You know, it's diffuse awareness. You got to be able to Pay attention to what's going on, but well, I, also I notice firmly, there's I, a hawk flying overhead. I firm exactly a hundred percent, and I firmly believe like everything out there is designed to hijack our attention and do it in an imperceptible way. Mm-hmm. Like when you start saying that, you know, it's sad how many people want to call you a conspiracy theorist for that. But it's like mm-hmm. that's because you're so unaware that that's what they're trying to do. That's what's always been trying constantly, right? And we don't put value on it and we do it almost in an automatic way. So we don't even recognize that it's happening. When you start to like get your attention back, you realize you can start to place it on so many different things. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's like, why would they play music in stores? It's not to create a more pleasant fun experience. It's to turn your conscious brain off so that you spend more money. And that's intentional. It's scientifically proven. You know, it's why you walk into a store and all of a sudden the music's a lot louder. And 
where do we go in today's society where it's quiet? We have a soundtrack in the background of almost everything. Library. Now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't really have libraries anymore. We don't really anymore, have libraries though. anymore. Let's go to the library. What do you want to do this weekend? Jen, I have a question for you. So tell me if this is accurate. You know, when communicating with like your guides, for example, is this something where they honor your free will to where you have to like ask for their guidance and then they start delivering it to you? Because I feel like the way that I reactivated or let's just say activated receiving guidance from above and beyond the 3D when I was 23 years old in my grandma's kitchen was I asked for guidance. And since then it has been, it was like unleashed in that moment and has continued up until this point because I never turned it off again. I'm curious, like, is this something where people might have to be like, I'm open and ready to receive guidance Yes, in order for absolutely. Them, for them to receive it. I think of it, I like to think of it as if there's someone in the 3D in the room. Like, let's say that James is sitting beside me and I'm making decisions and I'm looking at a menu and I'm trying to decide what to eat. If I don't ask him, hey, what do you think is really great on this menu? What do you think about me ordering this? Then he's not going to offer up anything and he's certainly not going to order for me. And I think a lot of people expect that the universe is going to intervene and place the order for them. Or if I wasn't meant to do that, a boulder should have fallen, an anvil should have fallen from the sky like Looney Tunes and blocked the path. Why didn't that happen? And I think Esther Hicks talks about how if you think about your guardian angels or your guides or whatever you'd like to call them, they're waiting for an assignment and for you to say, who would like to assist me with this? Is there anyone available to help me create this or manifest that or help me make a decision? And then you wait to receive. I think the other thing is that I've experienced that the universe is working on a divine timeline that I don't have access to. And it's whatever it is that I can dream up or want, there's a possibility that it can come in, but there's also things that have to occur in real time in order to shift it and bring it. And that that answer is going to come at the right moment for you to take the action. And you could throw a question out there and say, I never heard anything back, but that's because it's not the right time yet. And you will know when the time is right. And I've also learned to not try to get the answer too soon. When I was a lot younger, I always wanted to know like well in advance when I was supposed to make a decision. And then I wouldn't receive the guidance until it was right up against time. The 11th hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, now I know. And uh, I remember one time I was forced with the decision and I felt like I made the wrong decision. And then I had to go back and, you know, I accepted a position and then I had to let it go and then reapply for something else in a year. And I remember telling my mom, like, why did I put so much pressure on myself? I made the decision so early. And then when it came time to sign the contract, I knew, I knew when I was looking at that contract and my mom said, well, you just learned that now, you know, that you're going to feel that clairsentient feeling when you need to know. And next time you need to tell yourself, I don't know yet because they haven't told me yet. I haven't gotten the guidance yet, but I will get it right in time. I will always get it in time. And that taught me to take the pressure off of like, where's my answer? Where's my answer? And just trust it's coming. I'll know when I need to know. That's so interesting. We were in the process of getting a house for 2023 in Las Vegas. And up until this moment where we signed the lease, it was like, yeah, this is a great feeling. This is totally the house. Everything's great. Everything's aligning perfectly. 
And then I remember this distinct shift when I signed the lease, I was like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. It's just like this clear cognizance of this isn't going to work. Yeah. And me being like, okay, why? I don't understand. Like everything seems to be fine. They signed the lease. We signed the lease. And then there was like a whole mess that came after this of like the wire getting stuck. Chase Bank can't do anything about the wire. In fact, up until today, it's been a week since we sent the wire. The wire is just frozen in midair somewhere. It just mm-hmm. will not go into their account. Wow. It will not go back into our account. And Brennan has talked to like the top tier of people that he can get through. And they're like, there's nothing we can do. It's just stuck in midair. And so I'm like, hmm, I remember it was every little thing that would happen, just tuning in more and more into that feeling of being like, something isn't right. It's not going to work out. And I don't know why. I think that's eventually that's a huge piece is like in those moments, like, am I going to try to keep forcing this? Right. Right. Yes. Am I going to jam the square peg in there? And like the, so are are you in this place now, Catherine, where you're like, okay, maybe this is not the right decision. Well, a lot of people ask me this all the time. They're like, does that mean that something is not meant for me? And Mm -hmm. I always say that like my intuition, when there's roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, like there has been with this house manifestation all year long, I've been trying to manifest this house and it just hasn't been working out. We got to the, almost the finish line. And of course it fell through the owners really showed their cards and they're just like nasty people, just complete holes. And I always remind myself and my students, like roadblock after roadblock doesn't mean like a lot of people get into this belief that what they want, isn't meant for them. And I say, no, it just means that the how to get there is not that way. There's There's a better way that it's going to unfold. That's right. So a lot of people give up being like, oh. I guess, you know, the launch didn't go well. I guess I'm not meant to be in business. It's like, well, if you really desire to be in this business, if you really desire to help people and serve people in this certain way, you're meant for that. It just might not be that program. It Mm -hmm. might not be those people. It Mm -hmm. might not be that price point. I mean, there's so many variables that you just have to persist with and be open to receiving intuitive guidance around another solution Mm -hmm. to eventually get to the end result. It doesn't mean that the end result isn't meant for you. And I think a lot of people confuse that. And that's what gets people to quit way too early. And so they, just, they just belie that. House, they just but... believe that too. It's just like, yeah, I just, and it's like so convinced. And it's like, wow, it's like, I think you just sugarcoated failure. I think you just made failure sound like a good thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think most people know that it's, you know, with any endeavor, like just, it's very rare that it's an automatic instant success your first time out of the gate. But we had something similar sure. to this, Catherine. And so that's why it's like really interesting to me because we had this whole fence project put in on the house and Jen was the one managing it. And they had a start date of like October 1st. And it's now 12 days after the start date, which is in the contract. We've waited six months for them to begin. And there's been like no contact and anything. And I told Jen, I said, this is going to be an indicator. And this is what she actually communicated to them of how they're going to show up during this progress. This is a clue into how they're going to be this time. And we had this moment where we went to them and actually said, you know what, like, this is probably just how it's going to be. This is kind of a red flag for us. We just want to bow out and we'll go somewhere else. No, 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 no. We'll start tomorrow. We'll be there tomorrow. You know, all of a sudden we had their attention again. And sure enough, there was little stuff along the way that we had to deal with uh, almost constantly. But on one hand, it kind of just had us mentally prepared for that. It was like, it's not going to be a set it, forget it progress. They're going to make mistakes. You got to be on them. You got yeah, to be. Yeah, but that was what was so interesting was that it looked like things aren't 
going the right direction. Mm -hmm. But there was a massive lesson for me in asking for a standard and then holding to that holding it. Yes. And it was an area where James wasn't going to come to my rescue because he just didn't have the bandwidth. And he was always in the wings. Like, I want you to go have the conversation and I'm right here if you need me to step in. Mm -hmm. But it actually ended up being this enormous learning experience for me because it was one of the first times that I made sure that a project got executed the way that I needed it to be done from like a total running my own team. I can, you know, I'm setting them up with the expectation and, and the communication, but this was like, I had no control over, you know, the crew that arrived, didn't receive the communication that I had given to someone else. And now it's going sideways and it ended up being a tremendous gift for me. So I think that that's where, even when things are going sideways to look for, is there something that I'm meant to be learning in this too? And And that can be an intuitive thing that you receive. Yeah. And to consider that we're all connected too. So there was also lessons for them in that. Like there's lessons that they're meant to be learning from us Mm -hmm. inside of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. We got it done though. It's finished and it's beautiful and we love it. Yeah. One of your many, 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 many projects. No kidding. As I'm, redesigning my office at the same time. We yeah. may have overdid it. <laughs> it kind of bad off boy that I could chew. My intuition told uh, me that was okay. I checked. I checked. I checked. <laughs> I mean, let me check the big book oh of answers. Yeah. Yep. It's, yep. You're Looks doing good. You're doing just fine, kid. <laughs> Keep it up. Wait, oh. speak on the Akashic records real quick. Speaking of books. Do you know what is your so your the way that it was explained to me is if you imagine that everything that's ever happened in the world, imagine it like a little clay globe that has, you know, a cartography three dimension printed on a 3D printer. It's got all the peaks and valleys and rivers and mountains and oceans. And you took a piece of tinfoil and put it over that globe and then pressed. And then you lifted the tinfoil up and the indentation of everything on that map was on the tinfoil, the Akashic records are the tinfoil. So it's like the psychic record of anything that's always occurred. Is it also future though too, right? Like all time. Yeah. All time, all time. And then is it, is there a separate Akashic records for every timeline? Well, I I don't know. I I, have heard it as like everything of all time, just infinite. Yeah. It's all in the Akashic record, all timelines, all dimensions, past lives, future lives, parallel lives, everything. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, DX is helping me hone this as well. But when I started training in Reiki, I really wanted to remember my past lives. And I was just, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember, I'm going to meditate with petrified wood and I'm going to remember everything. And I had one past life regressive healing where I had these memories and I asked, I want to see my past lives. And what was different about this was sometimes I'll get flashes of scenes or timelines or something that happened in the past where I'm like, am I remembering that? Or is that something that's just in the Akashic record and I know about it? But this time, every scene, I look down at my hands, which is actually now how I teach people how to associate when they're meditating in their mind, how to put things into their body is imagine that you are in your body and you look down at your hands and then you look up and you go into the movie. But this was like every scene I would look down at my hands and I'd look up and it'd be a new timeline. And I saw a bunch of different past lives and I was like, wow, I think that's how I delineate between the two. But I see things all the time or dream things where I think, 
I wonder if that was my life or if that was a past life. Am I remembering that? Or how do I know that? I remember a, a past life when we were doing Reiki. That was intense. And it's really cool because it's gone away. But I used to have this thing, I think you remember, where like, I didn't like anybody touching my eyes. Yes. Or like, like you put those eye pillow things over your eyes and it would drive me yeah. nuts. Yes. And I wanted to do a Reiki healing to try to see if I could get rid of that. Or yes. As it, was, it was just, you get around my eyes, you talk about eyes, you like videos where people would touch their eyeball. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. And I just got an image and it was an image of like this medieval castle with these flags. And I think I was like tortured and my eyes were pulled out or stabbed or something like that. I, see, I don't know if I ever told you this. I told, <laughs> I told our teacher, I keep seeing this <laughs> medieval timeline where they buried James and he was buried with stones and the stones went over his eyes. And she was like, mm. you know, that was a medieval torture practice. So all I saw from and that was I could look up and I could see it was like this dark stormy yeah. skyline and a castle with these like flags just flapping uh -huh. in the And wings. then black over your eyes. I, it went black, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah, then I stopped remembering. Yeah. That's all I, I saw. saw like a... Whoa, that's weird a because because I can. Stones. That's weird because when I'm looking at the image now and recalling that memory of it, it would be inside of it. No, it would be a vantage point of if you're laying yes. down on the ground. Yes, yeah, like yeah. it's looking straight up at it, so yeah. you're like on the ground. Yeah, so I saw this pyre of rocks, and then and he also had a thing about pressure. It was specifically, it wasn't anything covering the eye. It was any pressure, pressure on the eyes. On the it eye. was pressure on the eye. And eyes. I saw like that's because they put stones over your eyes, oh, and your good. body remembers that. Yeah, no bueno. There's a book I, I read called The Old Soul's Guidebook or Old Soul's Handbook or something. And he talks about how irrational fears, fears yes. that you can't trace in this lifetime come from past oh, lives. Totally. Oh, totally. That's and, in the Many Lives, Many Masters too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in the book, he's like, you know, well, you're probably wondering, like, how do I clear the fear? And he's like, honestly, just having awareness is enough to clear the fear. Yes, just yes. Like, just yes. telling your soul that was a past yes. life. It's not now. And yes. it clears. And I, I had this one time I was going to Barcelona. I got on the plane and I remember sitting in the window seat, looking out the window and thinking to myself, they're going to arrest me. And I'm like, who's going to arrest me? And then I started thinking through everything in my life. This is 2017, by the way, up until this point, like I just started manifestation maybe the year prior. And I'm thinking to myself, I paid my taxes, you know, <laughs> like going through the list of what could I possibly get arrested for? And I'm like, someone's going to out me on something. I'm like, I'm like, okay, are there any secrets that I've told to anyone? Am I holding any secrets? Is this even making sense? And then I realized, I think I read that book right before this happened or maybe months later because this fear followed me around for a little bit. And then finally I read that book and I'm like, okay, soul, this is not this lifetime. It's a past life. I'm pretty sure I got arrested in the past life for something. It has nothing to do with this lifetime. I didn't do anything wrong. And as soon as I said that, never felt that fear again. Never yes. had that fear. I remember telling our Reiki teacher, I think I drowned in a past life. I have all these memories of me drowning, but I'm not afraid of water. I'm totally, I love water. I can be submerged in water. I can scuba dive. I've got no problem with water, but I have memories of me drowning. Shouldn't I have some sort of fear about water? And she just said, well, you're complete about it. And I think that's the key is you get complete by saying, this is the past. This is now I release that from where it came with peace and love. And I declare this complete. And then 
it's done. Yeah. It blew my mind. It was so helpful. I recommended that book to everyone because I realized, well, I started to delineate inside of MBA. I'm like, okay, there's core fears, core beliefs that you picked up in this lifetime. There's generational beliefs that come from, you know, your lineage, things that you've heard passed down to you, whatever Mm -hmm. in your DNA. And then there's the irrational fears. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, those are past life fears. And here's how you clear them. And it, it just like, it works. It works. It's magic every time. I love that. What is some things we can give people as homework to take away and increase their intuition? I'm going to say, I'm going to challenge everyone to apply their intuition to a decision they have to make in their business this week. I love that. Honestly, like going back to how this all started for me, I remember making these, well, first of all, I heard this voice from my right side, ask me, Catherine, who are you living for at a Tony Robbins event? And I remember being like, I remember writing it down in my notebook and just being like, I don't, okay, who am I living for? Every day after, I think that came like day one of the event and it's a four day event. Every day that voice got louder and louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, until I was like, Catherine, who the F are you living for? And I remember answering in my journal, everyone but myself. Wow. So that led me down this series of making decisions and just from the space of like, if life was for myself, what would I decide? And I realized I don't mm. want to go to medical school. So that's like me living for my parents. I'm in this relationship that I don't want to be in. That's me living for this person. And I don't want to live in Seattle anymore or around Seattle is actually Gig Harbor, Washington. If any of you guys are familiar with that little town south of Tacoma or east of Tacoma, I don't know. I don't know directions somewhere near Tacoma. And I realized like nothing's holding me back there. I need to go to LA. I want to go to LA. LA is my home. I've been dying to move back to LA. So I made this series of decisions. And of course, I felt crazy because the next week I told my parents, I'm not going to medical school. I broke up with my boyfriend and I'm like, I'm moving to LA. And I remember freaking out and just being in my grandma's kitchen. And that's where this is all started for me, where I was like, all right, God, universe, angels, guides, whoever is out there up until this point, I never really had this like connection. And I'm like, whoever is out there, I need you to show me 1111 if I'm on the right path, because I feel crazy right now. Oh, I love that. My best friend texted me. She's like, I'm here. And so of course that left my mind. I'm like, oh, got to get ready. She's here. I have to go outside and meet her. And I'm grabbing a glass of water and I start chugging it. And I look at the time on the microwave in my grandma's kitchen. And it's at 11, 11. Wow. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. So my homework is for the people who have been experiencing some silence or haven't experienced much guidance to pick a sign of some sort and just ask to see it connect it to something. It could be like, is this, am I making the right business decision? If so, show me this. Or am I on the right path? Show me that. That's where it all began for me. And I still use that to this day. Now, I think that a lot of people get into this reliance on signs a little too much sometimes. And I encourage people to, you know, at a certain point, like if you're not making a decision because you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for a sign, you already know what you want because you already know what sign you want. Like, you know that you want to have the sign to approve of this decision, or you want to not see that sign to tell you not to make that decision. So obviously like eventually you want to go into relying on your intuition when you have that trust. But up until that point, 
start asking for something tangible. I really love that you mentioned the clairvoyance being that 3D tangible because that's how it started for me. It was seeing owls. It was seeing a map of the world. It was like these signs that kept popping up and then I just connected them to things. I'm like, you know, and I started connecting numbers to have certain meanings. So for example, 111 means you're focusing on the wrong thoughts. So make sure you're focusing them on whatever it is that you want to manifest. 222 was don't worry, you're on the right path. And I always saw it when I was worried, always. Like as soon as I started worrying or stressing about something, I would see 222. 333 was like, you're being guided by the ascended masters, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus is right next to you. Buddha's to your left, Jesus is to your right. And 444 was angels are all, mm-hmm. all around you. 555 was when major transformations would happen in my life. And right when I was on the cusp of a major transformation. So I just started connecting and creating like this language with the universe. And if you're someone who needs something tangible like that, just start playing around with the 3D and just see what you can, what happens in the 3D. And then that will encourage you and allow you and excite you to move on beyond that 4D. 5D, whatever. Yes, I love that. And that mantra, I want to see, I want to know. I really believe that the universe opens itself to us to the degree in which we invite it. You know, there has to be an invitation of, I want to be communicated with. I want guidance. I want to see things. You know, I want to hear however you want to receive it. Put that out there as an intention and invite Mm -hmm. the communication in. And then pay attention. attention. Pay attention intention and pay attention. My mantra was always my little quote was intention plus action equals real life magic. Oh, I love that. And now we can say when you set an intention and pay attention, you receive intuition. That's pretty good. Boom. All right. Well, time is up and that concludes today's episode and it puts a cap at the end of our three-part series for how to get what you really want in life, money, manifestation, and intuition. I want to thank my special guests, Catherine Zenkina and Jen Finley. Please reach out to them on the Instagrams. Please let me know. Send me a DM on the gram. Let me know your favorite parts, your biggest takeaways, what you loved, all that stuff. That really means a lot to me. I always want to know people are listening. You know, you see the stats and stuff, but it's like, it's really nice to put a face and a name to those stats and to those numbers. If you're just catching this, make sure to, if you didn't listen to the episodes, make sure to listen to the other two episodes. We did an entire, like each one of these were like two hours long conversation, one around money, one around manifestation. They were just incredible episodes. So they preceded this one. We also have an entire workbook to help you take notes and retain and go through exercises and really take the content beyond the podcast and into your life. And you can grab that workbook absolutely free when you head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash workbook. And again, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in for listening and making it all the way to the end of the episode of the series. That's pretty awesome. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next time here on the mind your business podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. 
If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.